This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Geek Buddies. <gasps> hey! Hey! We're back at it today to have some fun talking about the world of geekdom here as we end a very eventful week before Thanksgiving with a lot of news coming out post strike. Uh, the vote is still happening for SAG after, so that's uh, still in process, rather. So we will see what happens, but that has not stopped announcements from coming. Certainly a lot of Marvel stuff we're going to get into today. Some trailers, some DC stuff as well, but let's uh, introduce ourselves first for those of you who might be new. I am the outlaw John Roker, writer, producer, and host here on the Geek Buddies. Uh, I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies, and I was in the Amazon with your mom when she was researching spiders just before she died. <laughs> Good. Uh, yes, Ed. and this is Shannon McClung. I'm a television actor and an animation writer. And to I will never be able to get a line like that past mm. the the blockade of showrunner known as Michael Vogel. <laughs> Listen, man, <laughs> it does make you question, does I mean, we're gonna get into it obviously later, but it doesn't make you question, does it, Michael? Like, uh, who, who's writing this stuff? Who's okaying this stuff? And how is it getting? Uh, uh, listen, on I, I, I applaud them. Because yeah. there's bad okay. lines. There's bad lines. And then there's lines that are so bad that they go down yeah. in the annals of cinematic history. <laughs> I mean, you're wearing a shirt with some people who have spoken some of the worst uh, lines in history that have gone down in history, uh, for sure. Look at those gentlemen right there. Yeah, look at that shirt. That's a great shirt. Thank you. I love it. I love it. Uh, as for mine, mine is from Kohl's. You can go at Black Friday, get it, $9.99. There you go. All right, uh, let's uh, let's get into things here today. I, initially, we're going to talk about some trailers. We're going to talk about the big Marvel dump. You know, the way usually the show usually works is each of us brings up a geek news item. We take a break in between, then we take a big break and get into the big uh, topic. But this week, we there's so much Marvel stuff. That's basically going to be the back end of the show. We're going to start off with a couple of news stuff that I'm going to throw out to the gentleman. Then we'll get into some trailers that Shannon McClung is going to lead us through. So just giving you a little bit of a rundown. So let's get into it. And the first thing is that last night, uh, Jason Momoa, who is out here uh, promoting stuff and talking about Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, in case you didn't know, we're only, what, three, four weeks away from this thing coming out, which is kind of crazy to think about. But he was on Jimmy Fallon, late night with Jimmy Fallon, and he was asked questions about Aquaman and what's going to happen with his future. And he said, quote, this is the kind of 
this is kind of the end of the DC universe. There will always be a place for me at DC, though. Those guys kind of like me. So a lot of people are running with this and saying that this is essentially the end of him as Aquaman. This is the low-key admission that this is the end of him as Aquaman because saying that DC universe and this is a new one. And this is basically him confirming, isn't it, gentlemen, that he's done with Aquaman. This is it. And he's going to become Lobo. But if you're a Warner Brothers exec or marketing exec, aren't you pounding your head into the wall right now after Momoa says this stuff on Late Night with Jimmy Fallon? It's different you do it for a small website, but Late Night with Jimmy Fallon, this is a national program, a dare I say global program. What do you think about this? Uh, uh, Mikey, I go to or Shannon, I go to you first. You're our Aquaman resident Aquaman fan. I mean, the, the idea that Aquaman was not going to be kind of uh, front and center of the new DC was not a surprise. Um, to, to your question about marketing executives and whatnot, yeah. I mean, when, what was it, a year ago, when uh, Momoa came out, more than a year ago, came out uh, saying like, oh, thank you, James Gunn. Thank you, Peter Safran. Like, what did that mean? Um, I think at the time they were probably like, man, what are you doing? Like, don't do hold that. On, like, hold on, hold on, hold like, on, Shannon, hold on. What, what is Vogel Poppins doing up there? What the hell are you doing up there? Listen, you, man, you how on? his camera gets so dirty. It I, is what a shock doing? Sometimes, doing listen, man, listen, listen, if you're listening to this, Shannon, I'm glad you're listening to Shannon. I had to clean my camera. It was driving me crazy. It was a little fuzzy. If you're watching this, you can see that I'm much clearer now. I don't know, true. man, Very because true. my computer, you know why, Shannon? Because my computer is always working. Because it's, oh. you know, it's a, it's a, I'm writing all day long. I'm working all day long. I'm a busy guy. I don't get to just like shut my computer and go and play with Raptors at Universal. I, oh, I gotta Jesus. make, I gotta make the monies. So, so, uh, audience, what Vogel's saying is that he is a heavy mouth breather when he writes, <laughs> which is why his camera is constantly getting so fogged up. <laughs> You're not supposed to write on the computer, not write on the computer. Anyway, all right, go ahead. <laughs> Listen, anyways, back to, back to Momoa. Back to Momoa, everybody. Yeah. Uh, look, I imagine when he put that video out, even though I, I imagine he wanted to say, you know, thanks to James Gunn and Peter Safran. I imagine yeah. the marketing execs even then were kind of like, ah, oh, buddy, don't do that. Don't do don't, that. Don't do that. But now, I mean, again, it, yeah, it's not a shock. I mean, they, James Gunn did kind of say the characters that were carrying over and Jason mm. Momoa's Arthur Curry was not one of them. So, yeah. I mean, at this point, I don't, I don't know if they really care, but I think back then it definitely was just like, ah, no, Jason, Jason, no, Moa, please don't oh, stop spoiling stuff. I, yeah, Michael, what are your thoughts on this? Because I mean, they haven't officially come out and said it, and maybe they think, well, it's a, it's a program, it's a website. We don't have to officially say anything because if we do officially say it, that means everybody's going to know. Do you think they're kind of playing both sides of the fence here with this? You mean like not responding to what he said? You mean? Yeah, no, no. Come, not just coming out officially saying this is the last Aquaman movie with Jason they're Momoa. Not, like, they're it's not. Done. They're not going to say it before the movie comes yeah. out. That's true. That's true. Like they. I mean, it's like it's like the worst kept secret. Like we all know it. Um, yeah. but they are holding hope out against hope that people in Middle America that don't have the internet are going to be like, oh, another Aquaman movie. I guess this guy's going places. Like I don't. I don't know what they're thinking. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're not going to come out and officially say this is the end until the movie has come out. I will, I think we're going to see what the box office of Aquaman 2 is the weekend it comes out. And a week later, they're going, James Gunn and DC will, uh, James Gunn on Twitter or DC officially will be like, all right, 
you know what, this is the end of that version of the DC universe and everything from this point forward, get excited, get hyped. Like there'll probably be some other big announcements to get people like, I think they, they're just waiting to uh, wash that stinky fish smell off of themselves <laughs> with Aquaman two and Aww. just keep going. Come on. The other thing though, I mean, and you mentioned this yeah. too, like, you know, the, the, the other part of everyone's response when he's like, there'll always be a place for me there. They really yeah. like me. Yeah. This whole Lobo thing smells a lot like Tom Cruise in Multiverse of Madness to me. Like, this is one of those the internet decided, the internet decided at some point that Jason Momoa should be Lobo. And then anything that James Gunn or Jason Momoa or anybody says that is vaguely in the realm of, I hope I get to stick around. They like me. We love Jason. We would love to continue working with him. The internet explodes with, this is proof that Lobo is happening. And I'm like, nobody has said this except the internet. This is the internet talking to itself. That doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Um, The internet talked to itself for a while and said Rosario Dawson would be a great Ahsoka. And here we are. So sometimes the internet talks to itself and it happens. But the Lobo stuff is still just in the internet talking to itself. Tom Cruise is going to be Iron Man phase of Mikey of this as, of this as, part of it. As the True Blue Superman fan, what are you going to do January first when they say Jason Momoa is no longer Arthur Curry? Now meet our Lex Luthor. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I dig it. Listen, Jason Momoa is a very charming actor, but as far as range goes, I don't think he's playing. I don't think he's playing an evil genius anytime soon. <laughs> That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Um, all right, uh, let's move on to some more DC news real quick. Um, this also broke a couple of days ago. Here, Supergirl: Woman of Tomorrow, which is the new Supergirl film that James Gunn is working on, staying the James Gunn Gunniverse here. They have tapped Anna Nagura who is an actress and a playwright to write DC Studios feature. Uh, she, You can see her, uh, I think, on the Vampire Diaries. She's also written, um, she was on the Michael J. Fox show, Blacklist, but she's known for penning the 2022 off-Broadway play, Which Way to the Stage, and is currently working on an adaptation of Alice Sola Kim's Mother's Lock Up Your Daughters, uh, which is set up at Warner Brothers right now. But this is uh, where this is happening. Anna Nagora kind of taking over here. And from what I understand, she had originally been kind of tapped to write the Supergirl film when it was previously going to be spun off of the Flash film with Sasha Kaye under Hamada. Now she's being brought back now that the writer's strike has been settled, the actor's strike is in motion to be settled possibly, and she's been brought back to write um uh the supergirl film and uh, this one's going to see her with crypto and they're you know going to be a a girl and her dog basically dealing with this stuff so michael what are your thoughts on this uh, do you know anagura's work and uh, what's your thinking of supergirl woman of tomorrow possibly maybe borrowing some stuff off the tom kane run uh what do you think um or tom kane tom I, i'm not i'm not that familiar with her work but i mean i'm yeah. i'm glad for any writer in the in the shifting sands of like all of this IP and everything's happening. I'm, I'm glad for any writer that was attached to a project and then that project went away through no fault of their own because the entire DC universe shifted who gets to come back to that character. Like it sounds like right. she had, I mean, just 
me knowing nothing, but it just sounds like this yeah. is someone who probably has a real affinity for the character. And when they were talking about Sasha Kaye and like coming off of the flash and where that character was going to go came in with like right. a great take. And they were like, you're great. And then when they shifted gears to this new version of Supergirl, uh, James Gunn and Peter Safran were like, look, she still seems like she fits the bill. So I'm happy for her. Um, yeah, I'm yeah. very happy for this movie. I've heard, you know, I, I mean, I don't know if it's like official, official confirmed, but that Sasha right. Kaye not, not continuing that like, we're yeah, it pretty seems much like, it's like not gonna happen. Yeah. that is that the flash is a sinking ship and everyone attached to it is going down except Michael <laughs> Keaton, who will be fine. Um, yeah. but the, I, what I'm most excited for is this, as far as Supergirl stories go, this story is very Supergirl centric. It it's not yeah. just another hey look, it's Cal's cousin. This is female Superman. This is a really cool story. This story opens, and again, however much they're going to yeah. adapt for the movie, this story opens with Supergirl on a faraway planet in a solar system with a red sun, so that she can get drunk on her twenty first birthday. Right, like right. that's the opening of this of this comic run that Tom King did, and it's just all about Supergirl going on this super intergalactic journey through space, and it's very weird, and it's very cool, yeah, and it's very if you are a fan of the Super Family of Superman, Supergirl, Superboy, all of them, it's a very uh, Tom King knows what he's doing, and so yeah. taking that as the basis and developing that into a movie that's going to sort of reintroduce Supergirl to the world, I think is really really cool, and I'm really excited about it. Okay. Shannon, your thoughts on Anna Nagura coming in? I hope I'm saying that right, too, in case Anna's, you know, possibly stumbling on the show. Anna Nagura, any thoughts on uh, her writing this and uh, Tom King's run? Do you like that they're using that as the basis for this uh, uh, Supergirl approach? I mean, I definitely, I, I I don't know her work right off the top of my head. I mean, I, I definitely would have seen her because I watched the Michael J. Fox show um, okay. that was on NBC. She's probably one of the daughters, uh, I would imagine. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Um okay. But, uh, yeah, I mean, to echo what Vogel was saying, the fact that, I mean, she, she you know, she has a respectable, she has a respectable acting yeah. career, yes. uh, and she writes, and she writes plays as well, you know, which yeah. just like looking her up on IMDb, like the plays aren't going to be up there. Um, the only two writing credits she has are Supergirl, which I imagine was just put on there, yeah. uh, very recently. And there was a short that she had written. So the fact that you know, the, when a, a film or a television series can get made, you know, the, the, the path to make it can be very uh, windy and twisty. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the fact that one iteration she was doing, what a what a huge coup that probably was for her. And then to find out that it was going away, as Vogel already said, through no fault of her own. It was a it was yeah. a you know tectonic studio shift. And now that they're bringing her back, I'm like, what a what a victory for her. I mean, yeah. that, that's yeah. that's a great you hear a lot of crappy stories about getting this close to having something made or getting this close. The fact that she's getting a second at bat. Uh, yeah. That's just a great story. Um, yeah, in terms of like, I haven't read Tom King's run, but just uh, the way Vogel pitched it. Um, yeah. yeah, that sounds really good. And it, it's it's going to be an interesting world. It's going to be an interesting DC world that James Gunn is is presenting us with because it is not doing the Marvel approach. Um, yeah. It is a world that is, you know, the, the train has already left the station. This is a world of superheroes. So yeah. it's going to be very interesting. And I think you'd be a fool not to market towards younger, um, younger female audience. I mean, like the euphoria is successful because of that TikTok. They've shown the age level of people who go on that. So why not go to what it seems to be like an untapped resource are these young female film goers and get them into your universe by having someone they can identify with 
like this Supergirl. So I think it's smart on so many levels, and I want to see if it's if it ends up being a good movie for sure. Um, a couple more things, real I quick. Mean, Superman. To be fair, to be fair, given your job, you're going to see it whether it's a good movie or not. You're going. <laughs> well, I, you're going no matter what, buddy. You need to, you need to give uh, that out of theater reaction. That's true. That well, that's fair. That's that's uh, actually a fair point for sure. Um, let's move on to Superman Legacy. They have cast a Venezuelan actress Maria Gabriela de Faria as the engineer. Uh, she is going to be uh, one of the characters here in the Authority, uh, Angel Angela Spica, uh, who can modify her liquid machinery body to form different types of weapons. Um, a couple of my sources told me that we were going to be getting more Superman Legacy casting news here but i didn't but i i was led to believe that it'd be a bigger thing than this but do you think there's a reason they're casting her first making the engineer being one of the first people they cast in this uh because she may end up being the leader of the authority or co-lead of the authority what do you guys think about the casting and why she's the one that's be, the one of the first people to be cast here in the uh in the authority i mean i think uh, terrence howard was the first a cast member announced for Iron Man. So I don't think that uh, I don't fair think point. the fact that she's, you know, the I think she's the first one that maybe her deal was done and they wanted to <laughs> announce it. Um, not knowing a ton about the authority. I mean, the powers as you just described them. I'm mean, like, that sounds, that sounds pretty cool. Um, right. I mean, I had heard Lobo was going to be the villain in Superman legacy. So the fact that they haven't announced that yet, uh, you know, I'm kidding. Oh, <laughs> um, <boy. laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm really excited to hear more about this movie coming together. I mean, mm -hmm. I think everyone was kind of taken off guard when they announced, you know, uh, Nathan Fillion and his guy Gardner and the right, cast right. Hawkgirl and you know Metamorpho. Um, so you know, bring it on! <laughs> like I, I again, this is this is a world that is already up and running. So I'm excited to find out more about it. Yeah, she's obviously not the first person to be cast in Superman Legacy, but the first person from the Authority to be cast in. Superman Legacy and maybe this authority film that they're possibly spinning off. Uh, Michael, your thoughts on this casting here and this character? I mean, the thing I, I I think she's good casting for the engineer. I think the engineer is a very cool character. Shannon is right. Like, like her powers are very cool and they're going to look really, really cool on the big screen. The authority is just the authority is a wild card to me. Like like yeah. Shannon said, we know that James Gunn is all, not doing the MCU. This is not an origin story of superheroes. This is a world where all the heroes are already you know, doing their thing. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. What the authority represents and the type of heroes that they are yeah. is in a lot of ways, the antithesis of what Superman represents. Right. Um, and so the fact that the, the most interesting thing to me about this casting is that it means at least, at least her, if not more members of the authority are going to be in Superman legacy yes. and yeah. the authority, the reason the authority is as so uh was so popular when they came out is they are like the justice league if the justice league was like we don't give any sh shits we're gonna kill everybody if they're bad yeah like they are like a take note you know like they're like we're we're not we're not going to like we don't pull punches we we all like no we're not gonna kill like they're the opposite of superman in a lot of ways and okay. i think that her showing up uh it either means the authority is going to have a pretty big role in Superman legacy, or you're using Superman legacy to start spinning off these other things. But it's starting to really feel like whatever's going on in Superman legacy, James Gunn's got a game plan, which yeah. I think is interesting. Now, maybe it's going to be a horrible game plan. And we're going to be like, this was too much too fast, but it's starting to feel like he's not just doing, let me tell 
the best possible Superman story I can tell. He's like, let me tell a Superman story that launches this giant story that I'm planning, uh, which kind yeah. of makes me excited. Uh, one more thing I want to touch on. It's a, and I don't want to seem weird about this, but uh, I w- spoke about this on the hot mic last night. One of the rumors from one of my sources uh, told me that speaking of James Gunn, that uh, Jody, they're looking at DC and James Gunn are probably looking are possibly looking at Jody Hill to be the director uh, and co-writer with James Gunn writing some of the episodes for the Booster Gold series. So when you hear jo- Jody Hill, Booster Gold, James Gunn, does this seem like the right combination in your mind if you were to see this announced in the next few weeks or months, gentlemen? I mean, I'm really curious to see what Danny McBride looks like as Booster Gold, if that's the case. <laughs> <laughs> um, Speaking uh, of the internet, the internet has cast Glenn Howerton as Booster Gold. So uh, I don't know how that's going to, or Glenn Powell. That's a great, Powell. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Jody Hill is not the, type of uh director i would associate with um with with a big splashy superhero property um but you know a lot of guys weren't and a lot of a lot of folks weren't either and went on to have incredible careers so uh at at this point having you know sight unseen i I think we just right now have to say in gun we trust and cross our fingers (laughs) yeah right mike he's he's done righteous gemstones he did an episode of peacemaker vice principals at eastbound and down and observe and report so usually so very unusual director with an unusual sense of humor mike but like that's kind of like i mean to to to, to counter what shannon said yeah uh booster gold is not a flashy superhero like booster gold is a fucking janitor that stole some tech and came back in time and pretended to be a superhero like when you right. think about the vibe of a lot of those other things like righteous gemstones like that's kind of the right vibe for a booster gold series i mean booster like booster gold is a a sham i mean he's kind of ridiculous that's that's Mm. what he is and so i think that leaning into the ridiculousness and the humor i mean looking at like what they did with peacemaker james gunn did a great job of doing a show that was very funny very tongue-in-cheek very over the top but still actually managed to have some emotional weight to it by the end like you know so i think that booster gold kind of falls in the same category of like yeah janitor in the future says you know what if i take this jetpack and some of these other things and go back i can pretend that i'm a superhero and wow everybody but he's really like a giant uh fraud so i think that there's it makes sense to me Yeah. yeah we'll see what happens um, we'll see who, 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 when it, when it uh, all comes down. So uh, we'll see. Um, all right. Well, let's take a quick break. That's all the DC news. And let's get into some trailers here from Shannon uh, right after we come back here. Hello, Geek Buddies fans. Before we jump into today's episode, let's give a warm thank you to our sponsor, Marquee TV. Their support is why we're able to bring this podcast to you. Marquee TV isn't just any streaming service. They're your gateway to an incredible world of arts and culture. That's right, Johnny. I've explored Marquee TV, and I've been amazed by their vast library of performances, exclusive interviews, and behind-the-scenes content. It is a treasure trove for any arts and culture lover. Right now, I'm in the middle of watching the Royal Shakespeare Company's production 
production of The Tempest. And I've also got my eye on that Shakespeare masterclass taught by Dame Judi Dench. Yeah, Shannon, and speaking of the RSC, I watched Christopher Eccleston's performance of Macbeth last night, and I'm going to jump into Kit Harington's performance of Henry V from the Don Mar Warehouse. Imagine having the world's most breathtaking ballets, dramatic theater productions, and magical operas at your fingertip. That's the experience Marquee TV offers, making the arts accessible wherever you are. And we've got a special treat for our listeners. Marquee TV offers three months of access for just 99 cents. That's right, three months for only 99 cents with the code BUDDIES. B-U-D-D-I-E-S. Simply visit Marquee.tv and use the promo code BUDDIES to dive into the world of arts like never before. Bring the arts home with Marquee TV. Get three months for just 99 cents. Visit Marquee.tv to start your journey into the world of arts now. Use code BUDDIES. Explore the extensive library of performances on Marquee TV today and keep up with the latest in art streaming by following at Marquee TV on social media. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. With trailers, trailers, trailers. Sure. Oh, we we've we've got a we got a few doozies <laughs> um, to start off. We got our full trailer for part one of Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon for Netflix, yeah. A Child of Fire. Um, you know, we've been talking about this one a lot. This is uh, Zack Snyder's, was going to be sort of his super, or a Star Wars movie, but it's kind of Seven Samurai, his intergalactic Seven Samurai. Um, <laughs> visually, like every Zack Snyder trailer, visually, this thing is off the charts. It, it looks incredible um he's assembled i think i think a very unique cast um but the the vibe from the trailer for me it's a little it's a little sci-fi pretentious um but that doesn't mean it doesn't look cool but i'm gonna turn it over to my cohorts first johnny let's start with you as our resident Zack snyder lover what'd you think of rebel moon part one a child of fire I just went and started lifting weights. No, uh, listen, I, I liked it. I really did. I did a reaction for it on Sunday. Uh, you know, if you can get me off the couch to do a reaction video on Sunday, you really dropped something that I was interested in. And the first trailer felt very derivative, and I understood the criticisms. This trailer felt a little less like that, a little more like you're seeing Zach's vision, Zach's point of view, Zach's approach to this. We're getting more of the story, very obviously very similar to Seven Samurai stuff, except there's a twist. One of the samurai is Jason Bourne. So I like that twist in all of this. So for me, this gets me a little more interested, a little more excited. But visually, he's already got me on board. It's the story. Can you keep me connected? And I felt Sophia Batella came out of this trailer convincing me that she might be ready to go to a next level. Not the highest level but the next level as an actress in carrying a franchise like like this and she was the one i had the biggest question about being the lead in a film like this i know zach can direct a film like this i know the cinematography special effects battle sequences they're all going to work in a zach film can you get the right lead can you tell a good story those are the concerns i always have with zach snyder films 
And it feels like coming out of this trailer, I have more faith in that possibility. Mikey? <laughs> Counterpoint? <laughs> huh. Huh. Interesting. <laughs> uh, yeah, with the, with the teaser trailer for Rebel Moon, there was some concern that uh, it was going to be a little derivative. And with the full trailer, it certainly feels very derivative. Um, yeah, how dare you. Well, yeah, you you said it yourself. It's like, hey, so it's like Star Wars, but like there's an empire, but then she's on a faraway planet like Luke, but it's like Seven Samurai, but she's also Jason Bourne, but we're going to do some shots that look like 300, and then we're going to have like this giant spider. Okay. Um, It looks cool. Like it looks visually interesting, but Mm. it looks like a Zack Snyder movie. So... (laughs) I did I did talk to somebody who saw it already. Oh. And I said, Oh, how is it? And they said, Well, it's a Zack Snyder movie. And I was like, All right, well, there you go. And I think that um it like most Zack Snyder projects, mm-hmm. I mean, like I remember, listen, I remember when I saw that Man of Steel trailer. I thought the second coming of Superman was here. I was like, oh my God, this is everything I ever wanted. Then I saw the movie and I wanted to give it back. Um, and I think it's going to be the <laughs> same here. I think like Rebel Moon is a great trailer, but boy, oh boy, like ugh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> fine, fine. All right. Yeah, I mean, this this one with Zack Snyder's films, even like Army of the Dead, which I, which for the most part I enjoyed, yeah. um, it's interesting him, him going with Netflix because like his stuff is made to be seen on a real, real big screen. And you know, granted, folks have giant televisions now. Nothing is going to replace uh, a movie screen, um, which, you know, this one is getting a limited theatrical release on December 15th before it hits Netflix on the 22nd. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like Army of the Dead, Army of the Dead was a fun ride. So that's kind of what I'm hoping from this. And that's not the vibe I'm getting. It looks very self-serious, um, maybe with the exception of Charlie Hunnam. But I do agree, Johnny. Uh, Sophia Botella, she looks awesome kicking ass, whether yeah. it's in Kingsman or even like even in that terrible mummy movie. She still looked cool. So hopefully, hopefully the movie is as cool as Sophia Botella looks kicking ass. So again, that one comes out limited theatrically on December 15th before it hits Netflix on the 22nd. Our second trailer is uh, our first look at the new animated Garfield movie. So last year, there were a couple of casting announcements that people were kind of scratching their heads like, huh? And coincidentally, they both had to do with Chris Pratt. One, he was Mario. (laughs) And the other, he was the orange cat who hates Mondays but loves lasagna Garfield. Super Mario Brothers, it turned out pretty well. You you forget after uh, his his ascension to superstardom, like, oh, that's right. Chris Pratt's a really good uh, voice actor. Has it repeated itself with Garfield? Uh, let's get my uh, my cohort's take on this first. Mikey, what would you think of our first look at Garfield? I just, there are other actors, man. There's other <laughs> actors out there. Like, I, I, don't, I don't hate Chris Pratt, but I do think we've got a lot of Chris Pratt in the world right now. And maybe, like, a little bit of less Chris Pratt will go a long way. He, I mean, I, there's nothing of, there's nothing in his performance in the Garfield trailer that made me go, oh, God, like, I'm not so tied to Garfield that I'm like, wow, you really ruined Garfield for me. Like, it's fine. I'm way more interested in Samuel L. Jackson as Garfield's dad. That, <laughs> that was what really got me going in the trailer. Um, that meme of going around 
or a tweet going around where it's like Samuel Jackson's giant cat next to Garfield and it says, Lasagna, motherfucker, do you eat it? <laughs> if that's not in the movie, I'm going to be really upset. Um, the, Gar- the Garfield movie looks weird. Like yeah. the Chris Pratt, the Sam Jackson playing his dad as a giant cat who's like, I'm going to teach you about life on the streets. Like it, it's a swing. We'll see if it's a swing. Is it a home run or a swing and a miss? We'll see. But uh, I will definitely go see it and I will definitely roll my eyes uh, at Chris Pratt several times. Well, I don't have the snobbery as my friend Michael Vogel. Has, okay. So I don't mind okay. anime. Okay. <laughs> No, no. Um, I agree with you. It's weird. But I, I also think there, I mean, how else do you do an animated Garfield when we've seen it multiple times? That great, I used to watch that series growing up, which I really enjoyed. I think in the 90s or late 80s or 90s, I was so much fun to see that series. Uh, and I loved reading it in the paper as well, kids back in the old days when they had papers. Uh, and and seeing the most recent one, the Bill Murray ones, were they were fine. They were great, but they were fine. Certainly it could be enjoyable for the family. This one feels like, well, how do we get people in the theater, appeal to a younger kind of point of view and be kind of out there? So they tried something. And Sam Jackson is who you can still rely on to come in to bring some interesting energy. The dad situation did not see that coming, but it makes sense because that's going to make it universal. And I know I hear you about Chris Pratt. Certainly had a number of friends tweet about their frustration. That's Chris Pratt again. But need I show you the box office numbers of Super Mario Brothers? So you go like, well... Yes, I had enough of him. But then again, look at the <laughs> fact the last time out, he made a billion dollars. And you can say, well, it's Super Mario, all this kind of stuff. The film still made a billion dollars. Yeah, that's listen. When I, worked, when I worked at Hasbro, that was like the Michael Bay excuse. Anytime I was like, guys, I, I, I don't think Michael Bay ultimately is the guy that's like, <laughs> you can't argue with that box office. And I'm like, that box office is because people want to see Optimus Prime turn into a truck. That's what people want. Michael Bay is not the thing. Mario, Luigi, Bowser... And Princess Peach got them into the theaters, not Chris Pratt. You're an insane person because I will show you every Michael Bay movie without him as the director, Transformers wise, and see the box office versus. Well, so it is Michael Bay not... getting them mm. in the theaters. Mm. You're insane. We'll have to disagree, agree to disagree. But Shannon, go ahead. What's your thoughts? Well, I mean, the beginning of this trailer is really sweet. I mean, this was not what I was expecting. That's fair. That's from fair. from yeah. from a from a Garfield movie. I thought the beginning was adorable. Come to find out, the voice of John Arbuckle is Nicholas Holt, um, yeah. and it also has a really impressive cast, along with Samuel Jackson and uh, superstar delight uh, uh, Chris Pratt. Uh, we also have Brett Goldstein, Harvey Guillen, Cecily Strong, Bing Rings, Bowen Yang. Um, so this has a very very stacked cast. Um, whether or not, again, like the, the moment that Garfield was moving his mouth and talking, I was like, ah. He's not thinking to, uh, okay, I got it now. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. But, you don't really think Garfield when you're seeing him say the voice. I, I kind of agree with that, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, but, yeah, but yeah. again, the, you know, they this is coming out Memorial <laughs> Memorial Day. So they clearly, uh, they, they, they think they've got something or they think they've got oh, something yeah. that at least people are going to go see. <laughs> but we will all find out when Chris Pratt in Garfield comes out May 24th. And that brings us to our last trailer. Oh, Nelly, our first look at Madam <laughs> Webb. <laughs> 
the Sony, this, they, they do not have, this is not the acronym that they used anymore. But at one point, the Sony Spider-Man films were going to be called the SPUMC, the Sony Pictures Universe of Marvel Characters. Oh. If there is something that they have done really successfully, it has been creating me. take your pick from venom with morbius it's morbin time and with madam webb we've got when he was researching spiders with my mom before she died in the amazon i'd probably not saying it right um i'm just gonna throw it all throw it to you all first johnny let's start with you (laughs) what did you think of our first look at madam webb this one got me out of bed like it was six 15 or something i woke up in the morning and i was like just you know i like to turn on twitter when i wake up just kind of catch up on stuff and read articles and god damn i saw the trailer i'm like all right i gotta get up i gotta splash water on my face i gotta get in the office and do a reaction to this because dakota johnson i like sj clarkson as a director i like sydney sweeney i really i've never watched euphoria but her other projects that she's done since like reality I was really a big fan of. So I'm like, okay, let's see what more we got here. And then the trailer started and you can watch me watch this. I did a reaction and you see my face just go like, just fucking drop as the trailer keeps going. And I just keep going. Okay. Uh, okay. And I only got excited when we see the spider villain, which is, I guess they're kind of roundabout way of introducing a spider type character into this film without it actually being Spider-Man, even though from what I understand that character in the comics never wore a Spider-Man suit. So it was just so confusing, but yeah, the line deliveries, I mean, Dakota, and I said this in my reaction, Dakota is one of those actresses that if she's not into it, you're not going to get a good line delivery. And you can tell from the line deliveries through a majority of this, uh, that although she claims it's her dream project, it was just like not, good at all and it was just at the end of the day i just was like god damn it why like why does it have to be this terrible but yeah the cheesiness the memes all of it it just looks so fucking bad and i'm surprised it's not even venom bad it's like lower than venom bad and that's a shame well mikey i'm assuming you're all gassed up here (laughs) what'd you think of madam webb Sony just got so excited about making Spider-Man movies without Spider-Man that they didn't stop to think about whether or not they should make Spider-Man movies without <laughs> Spider-Man. Um, ew, guys, I mean, every one of these, with the possible exception of, I think Craven as a movie yeah. is a dumb idea, but that trailer was actually like, all right, I get what this is, and it yeah. looks well made, aside from that shot where he's staring at spiders. Um, this is like, Venom is bad. Morbius is bad. This is like a low point. Yeah. Like this is a, I don't understand how this trailer came out and everybody at Sony didn't look at the internet and go, Oh no, what did we do? Like, unless they're like, Hey, no, no, no publicity is bad publicity. Like, I don't know what they're even thinking. It's such a bad trailer. (laughs) It's just awful. And then this is, and then this is what really sent me. So apparently the rumors are that this movie is like Spider-Man Terminator and the bad guy is showing up to kill Peter Parker's parents so Spider-Man never oh my happens and that and that this team of girls need to like stop him so that Spider-Man can happen. Now I don't know if that's true at all. That's just the rumors that I'm hearing and oh. that sounds so bad 
that it makes me think it's probably true. Like it, it's like, okay. So like, then I like rewatched the trailer after I knew that that was the thing. And oh. she's like, yeah, he sees the future and we need to stop this. And that just brings up a whole bunch of other questions for me, given that we've seen Spider-Man on posters or have been, he's been mentioned in some of these other movies that are supposed to be interconnected. So that's, that's neither here nor there because maybe that's not what the movie is, but like that feels like the type of thing that they would do. I yeah. just can't with these movies. <laughs> yeah, again, uh, Dakota Johnson, I, I have seen Dakota Johnson put in some decent performances. Yes, agreed. Um, I thought her her very brief uh, appearance in the social network, I thought she was really, really good. I thought she was good in Peanut Butter Falcon. Um, yes. To me, she is not a lead. Um her in a lead role, especially the footage from this, this is a sleeping pill with legs. Um, I, I just cannot, it, it is so hard to watch because I think as you said, John, um, when she's not into something, it's very apparent. And oh. again, you know, we've seen some bad trailers cut over the years, but you try to put your best foot forward with a trailer. And it's like, if that was your best foot forward, this movie might not be so good, but you know what? Come Valentine's Day 2024, I bet we're all going to go see it because that's when it's coming out, February 14th, 2024, Madam Web. Well, look, I'm going gonna, gonna to go into that theater so drunk. <laughs> Just going in drunk. As Michael said, there are things that I have to watch for the job that I do, but there are things you dread about having to watch for the job you do. And this now goes into that category because i know it's going to be painful just like watching that second venom movie was fucking painful and so i i have no like excitement at all in seeing this uh now and especially with what michael just said jesus and look, I might be completely wrong. That's the rumors that I've heard. Maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm not. Like Adam, like like someone's like, and Adam Scott might be Ben Parker. Like I'm like, oh, Ben Parker, right, right. Um, I will say that I'm a little bit excited to go see it. I remember, I remember when I went to go see. I'll tell you why. I remember when okay. we went to go see the day after tomorrow in theaters. And oh, the yeah. day after tomorrow was a bad movie, but about mm-hmm. halfway through the movie. The entire audience at the Grove where I saw it, we all gave up at the same time. Yeah. We all threw in the towel and said we it was about the time that Ice started chasing Jake Gyllenhaal down the hall. Like the the, the cold weather chased him down the hall. We we're like, oh, this movie's fucking dumb. And we all started laughing and we all started cheering and everybody was like, fuck it, this is a disaster. <laughs> I want to go see this movie. And when she says that line about he was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders before she died. And the audience stands up and cheers and applauds. I'm there for it. I'm going to be on my fifth rosé. It'll be great. Just throwing <laughs> gummy spiders at the screen. Oh, God. Yeah. God, God help us all. But we'll see. We'll see uh, at the end of the day. And this must feel like terrible. Like if you're um, Dakota Johnson, you had no idea you were going to become a meme overnight from this trailer. And, and this was a great opportunity because obviously the Marvels, whatever you feel about the Marvels, it's a divisive film right now, female power-led film. If you had dropped a great trailer like this with three female, four female leads and all of this, it could have you could have captured a little bit of the anti-Marvels kind of stuff and ridden that to some some sort of hype for your movie, but quite the opposite, quite the opposite. And you you united everybody in absolute disgust for this trailer. 
Um, all right. Anyway, Shannon, sorry. Uh, what, are we going to break? What's up? Oh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> okay, that's, right, I, I, I finished five minutes ago. <laughs> let's take a quick break. We're going to jump into all the big Marvel news here right after this. All right. Batten down the hatches. Let's get into it. Um, All right. So a lot of stuff broke this week. Let's deal with the big stuff. Is this the beginning of the segment? Uh, The rumors have come around and the deadlines reported this, of course, from Daniel RPK. He first reported this. Daniel Rickman there doing great work as a scooper. And he said that Pedro Pascal is in talks to play Reed Richards. And then my hot mic co-host, Jeff Snyder, tweeted out that he, from his sources, who also confirmed the Pascal stuff two weeks ago. I knew that two weeks ago. Jeff had DM'd me that, but he couldn't he couldn't post it because of issues. Um, he That Javier Bardem is going... Oh, please, I'll pick up all the names you drop. Javier Bardem uh, is going to be playing Galactus in this Fantastic Four. So, gentlemen, um, A, do we like this idea... B, do you think this is happening? And C, are we ready to believe that it is Pedro Pascal, Vanessa Kirby, Evan Moss, Backrack, uh, and, um, oh God, I forget the other person's name, who's going to be part of this. As the foursome for Fantastic Four, your thoughts, who wants to go first? Um, There have been so many lames linked with Reed Richards. At one point, it is it yeah. was definitely Adam Driver. Then at one point, it was definitely Penn Badgley. Then at one point, it was definitely Glenn Howerton. Then it was John Krasinski. I mean, there have been so many names that I think at this point, it's sort of like, okay, when they, when they, when they officially announce it, that's when I'll get excited. That being said, yeah. Pedro Pascal, uh, Pedro Pascal is a great actor. Is he someone I ever thought of for this? No. Like, he, he mm. never popped in my head for Reed Richards. Um, but he never popped in my head for Joel from the last of us either. And he, he was dynamite. So if this is the guy that they, if this is the guy that they end up going with again, I think, I think Pedro Pascal is fantastic. Um, whether or not this is ultimately the foursome, uh, with, I mean, Evan Moss Backrick as Ben Grimm, I'm like, fantastic like all you got to do is watch the bear and be like yeah that guy can play a curmudgeon like nobody's business um vanessa kirby uh another fantastic another fantastic performer and everyone if if sue storm is essentially the lead uh, of this film i mean vanessa kirby can certainly carry a movie and the guy from stranger things who's who's playing eddie yes joseph Joseph quinn um yeah he's he's great does it english does a fantastic american accent um to, to be in one season of a show and to stand out the way that he did in, in a show that was already a standout, um, you're, you've got chops. Um, Javier Bardem, I have no doubt he'll be a great Galactus, but I, I was really kind of hoping he would be Dr. Doom. Mm. <laughs> um, and my, my guess is that Galactus is probably, if they're putting Galactus in the first movie, Galactus might be a one and done. Um, and Bardem Ooh. is a guy that's, I would I would like to see more and more and more. I mean, he's the type of performer that I think could be your antagonist 
for for several phases. So uh, again, I have no doubt he'll be great. Um, but I think I just I was more attached to him being Doctor Doom. Yeah, Mikey, they 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 went. The rumors are that they had gone to Adam Driver and gone to Jake Gyllenhaal, and that their price was too high, kind of like Emma Stone as well for Sue Storm, and they just kind of moved towards Pedro. And uh, one of the reasons might have been, and this is what some people have reported, mm-hmm. that uh, Kevin didn't want an all-white team. And once yeah. he'd lined up those three other actors, he had a little more latitude to go and get uh, Pedro Pascal. So your thoughts on this possibility and Javier Bardem as, as uh, Galactus? Well, first of all, as we're talking about this, I realized that I'm a complete hypocrite because I, oh. a few minutes ago, was talking about how we've got enough Chris Pratt and we don't need more Chris Pratt. And then with this, I'm like, you can literally put Pedro Pascal in everything and I'm fine. He can, like, let him voice every character in every <laughs> Disney movie for the next five years and I'm fine. Like, he can just keep going. Um, I think this is the cast. Yeah. I, I think it is. I, yeah. I, Shannon's right. We've had so many names. We've had so many maybes. This, not only is it like, it's about time, like, like Marvel, Marvel, like need, like it's about time. They need to get moving. The strike is over. They got to get fantastic for going. It's about time for us to finally hear the cast. This cast feels like the right cast. Mm-hmm. Like if this is the foursome, I'm very excited. Yeah. And the internet seems very excited. You know, in general, like the, when, when the, when the Pedro Pascal stuff hit, the other day and the internet blew up there was not a lot of oh god really oh i don't know he's not my read like people were like fuck yeah let's go and just with this whole cast like that foursome you're like everything that shannon said about each of them is true and the four of nobody outweighs anybody else like i love emma stone right i think she's great but like if she was sue storm like there's a level of stardom it's like oh like and this foursome looks like even though pedro pascal is really really big right now um they they feel like the right balance mm-hmm. so i'm super down javier bardem i don't think that marvel is ever going to do a one and done galactus first of all like i don't i don't think that's what the maybe now maybe <laughs> he's the galactus in the multiverse in another place and he's going to come back around but you're not going to like they've they've fucked up fantastic four so many times and they fucked up galactus and turned him into a big fucking cloud in the fox movie like Galactus is a huge deal in the Marvel universe. They're not going to be like, here's our villain. So I don't think that's going to happen. Sure, Shannon. Sure, sure, sure. But overall, I think this is good. Like all of this sounds good to me. I lean towards uh, Michael on the Galactus thing. I think they're bringing Javier because they want him to be someone that'll appear over multiple movies. Uh, And I like him because I think Javier is a fantastic villain. Even in that one scene in Collateral, he is chilling. Uh, and we've seen him be obviously in, in No Country for Old Men be a chilling villain, but also he can play he can be a little tender hearted as we saw in The Little Mermaid. Whether you like the movie or not, I liked him <laughs> in the movie. Um, okay. And he's he's an incredible actor. People forget about things like Beautiful and these other films that he did that really kind of solidified him as an incredible actor. Uh, there was a recent film a couple of years ago where he played the boss of this company. It's in, I think it's in Spanish and he has to kind of figure out how to transition these things. He was great in that. So like, these are these things that you see with Javier. So you bring in that kind of weight, right? Then on the other side, you bring in someone like Pedro Pascal, which I think is the right choice. I think you're right, Mike. I think this is absolutely the family and, and people will, until they announce it, obviously people aren't going to hundred percent accept right. it, but start accepting it. Cause I think this is the family. And Pedro is a great choice because if Pedro has shown us anything over the last few years a couple of years 
is that he is he is really he's that unique male lead that doesn't have to be the male lead and it's really great like with Bella Ramsey playing essentially a little bit of just the co-male lead but she's a little bit ahead of him in The Last of Us in the last season of The Mandalorian Katie Sackhoff a little bit yes I know it was someone else physically in the body in the suit but it was Pedro's voice he has no problem sitting a little bit slightly in the background to the female lead and if this is going to be focused on Sue Storm not necessarily be Sue Storm only but focused on Sue Storm as the kind of lead in this then it makes sense to cast someone like Pedro who can stand on his own and support the female lead so it's smart and Evan Moss back rack he's not going to take attention away from you this is smart Joseph Quinn also not a guy that's going to overcome so you make great points here Michael so to me I like this combo and let me oh, go ahead yeah no, no, not just, just, but like, just to, just yeah. to double down on what Shannon said. You're right, but it's not like it's not just that they all are like the right level of like, oh, none of one's going to overshadow. To Shannon's right. point, every single one of these four, a plus actors, yes. five Agreed. if you count. Have you like, Agreed. like, like just the the, the acting Agreed. level of these people? Like, you're not. This isn't the we cast these people because they're big names and they're going to get people in the seats. This right. is we cast four really, really strong performers. Yeah. So let me swing back to the Dr. Doom thing that my, that Shannon was mentioning from what I understand. They're trying to get Gosling. That is their number one choice is Gosling to pay Dr. Doom. The three other names that I've heard is Jason Clark, which I don't know if that would be the smart move. Uh, and Josh Hartnett and possibly Ray Fiennes. So um, of those four, who would you want to see? as Dr. Doom, or do you not want to see any of them as Dr. Doom? Uh, I am not a Josh Hartnett fan, so I would... Even I after would Oppenheimer. Want, even even like after Oppenheimer. Him. No, I, I would want to remove yeah. him off the table as quickly as possible. Uh, I mean, of the ones that you mentioned, I guess Ray Fiennes? Um, okay. But I, I, none of those choices get me, get me as excited as Javier Bardem. Fair enough. Uh, Mike? Ray Fiennes is kind of the obvious choice. He has like the gravitas that you think of, but Doom is really supposed to be sort of a contemporary of Reed. Mm -hmm. So like you put Ray Fiennes next to Pedro Pascal and you're sort of like, eh, yeah. I don't listen. I like, I already said what I said on Twitter. I know Oscar Isaac is already Moon Knight, but you look at him and Pedro <laughs> Pascal together in any interview. And I'm like, fucking make him Dr. Doom. I will get like Moon Knight. Let's just put him in the background for a little while. Like wait till we see, but like, give me an Oscar Isaac as Dr. Doom and him and Reed can be flirty as fuck in every movie that they're in. And I'm like, I'm here for it. That's what I want. Um, as if you want to drive the Marvel fans crazy even more by having that, but yes, go exactly. Ahead. <laughs> um, but no, I, I just think that, Look, I don't know what they're planning for Dr. Doom, and I don't know if Dr. Doom is going to step in and kind of pick up the the Kang slack, given, like, all the news mm. that's going around and them shifting things around. But I think that casting someone that you think feels like Dr. Doom is the opposite of what you should do. Like, give me a real mm. big surprise and give me a Doom like I've not seen before. So I don't I don't really know who that is. I don't know what it is. But like like when you said the list, I automatically went Ray Fines, and then I was like, that's why it shouldn't be Ray Fines, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah, good point. Yeah, absolutely does make. It. And plus, he's already done it with Voldemort. I don't need him to be Doctor Doom, in my opinion. And I agree with you, Mike. They're supposed to be contemporaries, and they may be playing a love triangle thing, possibly as an angle. So you want to get some of the and Ryan Gosling? Wouldn't that be someone that would make anybody jealous, including Pedro it Pascal? 
So Again, we, I think I, we say I, I think we say this every week when we're talking about all the Marvel news. But mm. if you go read the more recent Secret Wars, which you should, yeah. a love triangle between Doctor Doom, Reed, and Sue being established very early on would be very very effective as an emotional arc yeah. for Sue Storm when you get to Secret Wars. Yeah, see? So that could be really interesting to play with as well. Well, let's move on to the other Marvel news, and that is uh, Destin Daniel Cretton has been, uh, ha- is leaving uh, Avengers Kang Dynasty or has been moved off, depending on what your point of view is on this, because uh, he says he wants to focus on other projects like Shang-Chi 2 and the Wonder Man series. So my question to you both is, A, do you buy that he, these are the reasons that he left, and B, does this mean... Is this the first real kind of indication that we are moving away from the Kang dynasty or in Kang completely and they're going to change the title of this uh, of this film? Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, uh, Mikey, what do you think? of this? You know, I, I kind of and th- I have no reason to believe one way or the other. Like, I haven't heard anything mm-hmm. that makes me think one thing or the other, but I kind of feel like it's amicable. Yeah. Like, I kind of feel like whatever story he was excited about directing at this point it's also up in the air that he was like guys yeah i'm gonna go over here i don't I know need the drama. i know i don't need the I, drama. i'm gonna go over here this is y'all figure your shit out i'm gonna go over here and they're like yeah, yeah yeah no we get it you could go over there we think you're great you go over there like i i kind of feel like that's where things are at i don't know for sure maybe he was really jonesing for it and they're like no buddy you're not it but like it just feels like he's like you know what you guys have a lot going on and I'm just going to back away slowly and, and I'm going to stay over here in this sandbox where I know what I'm doing. Um, I, I think, and we were saying this on our text chain, and I was talking to some other people about this. I think this is bigger than what are we doing with our Jonathan Majors problem. Mm. I, I don't think this is just a reaction to, oh, we might have to recast or we might have to deal with Kang. Let's pull away from this. I think this is a sign Everything that we've been reporting in the past several weeks, and it feels like every week our main topic is Marvel because that's yeah. because so much has been going on. This is not, oh, we've got one actor who might be problematic. Right. This is, we have a giant problem. We, we at one point, were the most successful franchise in cinematic history, and now we have the lowest opening of any movie that we've come out with, and our fans are like fed up with us, and people are jumping ship on the Marvel train. Like it's just not, like yeah. like they know all of this. Um, so this is not let's fix Jonathan Majors. I think this is a sign that we are taking a step back and fixing the entire multiverse saga. Yeah. And yeah. I think that given that we have this a little bit of, they have a little bit of space right now. We've got Deadpool three coming. I think all of us are gen- generally pretty excited about that. And that movie is almost done. It's going to be what it's going to be. Everything yeah. else I think is a, let's take a step. Let's rethink this. And how do we starting with captain America four get to where we need to be. And we know we're going to do secret wars. We know we're going to collapse the multiverse and reboot everything and have a brand yeah. new Marvel cinematic universe for phase seven. Yeah. But the way that we are planning on getting there Maybe they're getting way amped about Fantastic Four. They're going to like still do some Kang stuff, but pull it way back. Like, I just think this is a giant rethink of the rest of phase five and phase six. Okay. Uh, Shannon, your thoughts on this? Yeah, I don't think this has anything to do with Destin Daniel Cretton. I think it's more that there are so many more things ahead of Avengers Kang Dynasty if that even happens now, I don't know. Uh, but I feel like there's so much stuff ahead of it that it's sort of like, yeah, I, I mean, 
it, it might be that situation where it's like, you know what, you didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> We're just, we need to kind of rethink the big picture before we start going in and focusing in on the minutia. The minutia we want to focus on is uh, way before this, this event, this Avengers movie. Yeah. Um, you know, I know we've all kind of heard that Wonder Wonder Man might be. Yeah. So the fact that they're now saying that it could potentially fall under the spot Marvel spotlight banner that Echo is going to fall under. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Yeah. But he's not he's allegedly not just focusing on that. He's going to focus focus on a Shang-Chi sequel mm. um, at Comic-Con this year. I'll be interested to see if Marvel shows up and yeah. to see to see what that potential panel could look like if they even want to talk at that point because yeah, you know what deadpool will have is supposed to come out in what july yeah. um and at that point like nothing i mean no other movies are supposed to come out until february of 2025 yeah. so yeah yeah again i, I think this had i think this had very little to do with Destin daniel credit yeah, more than just a big picture big picture uh issue it's a it's not you it's us type of situation yeah Mike. <laughs> i was gonna say i you know to Shan, I, I didn't i didn't even think about this he's right like marvel could arguably take a year off from comic-con next year and just not show up yeah. and be like look we have no news we're we're doing things we're gonna let you know next year we're taking a break from everything i think if they were smart they would show up mm-hmm. i think they need to take this year and figure out what by the time that we get to comic-con they're gonna know what they're doing whatever that is and if i was them i would be as particularly because i bet dc is gonna have a big presence this year uh at comic-con kind of like launching their like both both dc and marvel have a lot to hype people dc needs to come out in july at comic-con and say guys the old the old uh the old world is dead everything from this point forward is new get amped let's show you stuff to get you hyped and marvel kind of needs to show up and be like hey guys we heard you we listened let us show you what's coming up ahead like both of them kind of need that big pep rally so it'll be interesting to see if they do it or not oh yeah i can see that with dc just and here's logo lobo um anyway let's (laughs) let's move on two more things and we're running out of time here uh steven yoon was revealed by robert kirkman in an interview with comic book artist david finch to be playing sentry in a movie um no one has announced the mcu has not even announced it but here's robert kirkman announcing it of course uh, uh steven yoon starring in the second season of, of invincible which is fucking great by the way if you're not watching it on prime video so gentlemen your thoughts on uh, robert kirkman revealing this about steven you did you see it did you see yeah, the video I yeah i did i did he so i was talking to steven he was like, yeah, I went into Marvel, and uh, they were putting me in my Sentry costume, and uh, I guess I'm only playing superheroes that are yellow and blue. I don't think I revealed anything. This isn't anything <laughs> people care about. This is not a big reveal. Maybe it is a reveal. I don't give a shit. I don't work for Marvel. And the internet was like, wait, oh. what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because you know Kirkman would hide secrets from the walking about the Walking Dead for anybody, but apparently has no problem dropping someone else's secrets. So, but I like the casting. Do you guys like the casting? It's an interesting choice to go with Steven Yeun for this character. Yeah, I mean, the Sentry's Sentry's a really, really interesting, interesting hero. Mm-hmm. Um, putting him in with the Thunderbolts, I'll be curious. I'll be curious yeah. how much of Sentry's backstory they actually do, um, yeah. because it seems like if if the Thunderbolts, if if allegedly it's supposed to have to do with uh, the discovery of a material, 
in a in a in a big man in the ocean. Um, it'll be interesting. How Captain America? I think that's more Captain America four than Thunderbolt, but we'll see. We'll see. Uh, okay. Um, but no, I think Steven Yeun's uh, a terrific actor. But the Sentry, like that, had been out there before that he there was allegedly, rumors, but it hadn't yeah. been. 100% confirmed. Kirkman is essentially confirming it now. He so. he is confirming something that I, I thought was I thought was already out there. Yeah, but well, okay. so did so did Kirkman to be fair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, here's here like like I think Steven Yeun's great. It's like I you could yeah. cast him in anything and I'm like I'm on board. Like he's I, I really think he's just fantastic. Um the Sentry thing makes me a little bit nervous just just basically yeah. basically because if you don't know, Sentry is basically like Superman in the MCU, if Superman had a split personality and yeah, the, his, his his biggest villain was also him, and yeah. also the entire world forgot Sentry existed because of some weird like shit, like it's it's a little bit he's a little bit confusing. It's yeah. a, it's a little bit of a weird character if you're gonna really go for it and do that character and get him right. And I just worry that with everything else going on with Marvel right now, that as we were just talking about, between the multiverse being confusing, what are we doing with Kang? How does Kang fit in? Like all of these are pieces. Sentry is another very kind of confusing comic book character that could get really weird really fast. And it's just like, right now I'm like, do we need that? So we'll see, but I'm, but I mean, Steven Yoon being in the MCU, I'm, I'm great with. Yeah, okay. One last thing. I agree with two. I, I, I'm going to be curious to see it. But I like what Stephen Yu can do, and it'll be fascinating, as you said, Shannon, to see how he works amongst the Thunderbolts, which I think is never going to happen, but that's my own personal opinion. Um, uh, oh, yeah, and what if? Real quick, before we wrap up, th- real quick thoughts on what if. Mike and I did the uh, trailer reaction for that one. If you want to see another trailer reaction for the Geek Bites, uh, you, uh, Shannon and I did a trailer reaction for Percy Jackson and the Olympians. So um, your thoughts on the what if trailer, let's go to Shannon since Mike and I already did our reaction. Shannon, what are your thoughts on the what if trailer? Real quick? I, I thought it was great. I thought it was so, so good. When people look back at Disney plus series, it, it shocks me how short some folks memories are, how, what if just mm. plunge down people's lists. I'm like, what if was a really, really good show. Yeah, um, and to get more of that, to, to, you know, to open more corners of, of the multiverse, I'm super excited like that. And the fact that it's going to be right around the holidays. I'm like, great. This is what a, what a great gift. Yeah, agreed. Nine nine episodes dropping one day each from the 22nd through the 30th. Michael, any final words you want to say on what if that we didn't yeah. say in our reaction? Yeah, just reiterating what I said in our trailer reaction, which is with everything going on in Marvel, I think what if is just like a nice relief. It's a breath of fresh air. It's enjoying all the characters in phases one, two, three, four, and five that we like yeah. without the heavy baggage of are we on the right track what does it all mean where are we going this is just enjoying the characters and the world of the mcu that we love in a fun and different way each week and like shannon said i think it's gonna be a great gift i'm very excited to just like spend every day of winter break just sitting here like watching nerdy shit i agree um yeah everything the gentleman said there all right let's wrap it up there thank you all so much for hanging out with us uh, for this uh, uh, uh brand new episode of the Geek Buddies, we appreciate it madly. Shannon, what will be able to tell them? Yeah, if you'd like to follow us on social media on Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies on Instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung on Instagram at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you'd like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MK2. And if you'd like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Sis. Thank you, Mikey. 
Um, listen, we know you're all busy, but when you get back from the Amazon hanging out with your mom who was researching spiders before she died, here is what you can do for us. You can smash that like button below, subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page, leave your comments below, let us know what you think of everything going on in the DC universe, the Marvel universe, and everything else in geekdom. Let us know your thoughts. If you're listening to us on a podcast, go ahead and leave us some comments and some stars so we can go up in the rankings and more people can find us. And as always, the best thing you can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies there you go all right thank you all so much take care of yourselves be well have a great weekend see all um, go back and watch all our content from this week if you haven't watched it and we'll talk to you next time with another brand new episode here of the geek buddies <gasps> hey! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.